You're listening to episode 350 of the Membership Geeks podcast, and today we're going behind the membership as I talk to Nicola Taylor from Makers Momentum Club. You're listening to the Membership Geeks podcast, bringing you proven practical tips and advice from the leading experts on growing a successful membership business each and every week. And now here are your hosts, Mike Morrison and Callie Willows. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Membership Geeks podcast with your friendly neighborhood Membership Geeks. I'm Mike Morrison, one of those geeks and the other. Many would say the better. I'm Callie Willows. Yeah. You've got to introduce yourself there. I know. I've got to say my own name. It's a novelty. (laughs) Hey, you've got to do the cold open as well. We'll get used to this uh, co-hosting eventually. Yes. Well, host and co-host. Yes. Yes. We're still still going with that. Assistant to the host. Assistant (laughs) to the host. All right. This is a very special episode of the show because once again, we are going behind the membership and talking to a real live functional membership owner. (laughs) Functional. Yeah, with working face and working brain and everything. It's an actual real membership owner. Woo. I'm sure Nicola will be pleased to know she's got a working face. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a I think it's a compliment. Definitely. You have a face that works how it should. Um, but yes, yeah, so for those of you who haven't listened to one of our Behind the Membership episodes before, or you didn't have the great pleasure of listening to the entire podcast we had behind the membership, which has been merged into this one mega show. Um, It's basically, these are real conversations with real membership owners. No fluff. They're not on here to sell. They're not on here to brag about how amazing they are and how much money they've made. We're really getting into the nitty gritty, the down and dirty, the real stories and journeys behind membership owners. Good, bad, everything in between. And um, yeah, it's one of my favorite things that we do. And judging by a lot of the feedback we get, it's one of the favorite things for our audience as well. Yeah, I love hearing people's journeys. They're all so different and varied as well in what could be quite a similar similar industry, really. Absolutely. And every single month, we are bringing you a brand new Behind the Membership episode right here on the Membership Geeks podcast. So, If you are a first-time listener, first of all, you picked a great episode to start with, but make sure before we get going that you hit that subscribe button in your podcast app to ensure that just like Aerosmith wanted, you don't miss a thing. (laughs) Stop cringing. I know that cringy look on your face. Normally, if I record this on my own, I've only got my own cringiness to tolerate. (laughs) Yeah. I was just trying not to break into song. Yes, please don't break into song. We don't want people to listen. We want them to subscribe. If you're already subscribed, if you're a long-term listener, you know we appreciate each and every nanosecond of attention that you give to us, and we are sure you're going to enjoy today's episode as Callie goes behind the membership with Nicola Taylor from Makers Momentum Club. So let's do this. Today, we're going behind the membership with Nicola Taylor from the Makers Business Toolkit and the Makers Momentum Club. A big, big welcome to the show, Nicola. I am really looking forward to talking with you about your membership today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) It's a pleasure to get this chance. And before we dive into all the, the kind of more interesting, exciting details, could you just give us an overview of what the Makers Momentum Club is and who it's for? Sure. So um, Makers Momentum Club is a membership, a business membership for artists, makers 
and handmade business owners. Um, and we've got a really kind of diverse group of members from traditional 2D uh, painters, photographers, illustrators. Uh, we've also got ceramicists, potters, jewelers, people who make children's clothing. Um, and then we've also got some members who you might not consider makers, people like bakers and even some authors as well. So what all our members tend to have in common is that they create something in their brain and then they turn it into a product, whether that's physical or digital, and then they sell that product to the public or to a shop that then sells it to the public. Um, and so we tend to focus on people who are in the first five years of their business because the membership is really focused on kind of like the fundamentals of business, making sure that you've got a product that you can physically make, sell, and make a good living from doing. Um, and we try to get everybody to put in place those real business fundamentals that sometimes get skipped when you start a business informally, which is what a lot of makers do. Um, so yeah, we've been running for about five years now, which sounds really kind of crazy to me to say. Um, and we've been through a lot of different different iterations, but that's where we are right now. That sounds awesome. I love that. And I love the variety it sounds like you've got of your members there as well. Yeah, I think that, you know, the the business, the business skills that that I teach and that I help support people with in the membership, I don't think are um, specific to makers, although we do cover a lot of things, you know, getting your work into shops and galleries that are kind of specific to, to art and um, art and craft. But I think that, you know, we're teaching those um, beginner fundamentals about how you make money from a, a business and also how you find customers, how you promote yourself and how you learn to work differently when you work for yourself rather than working for someone else. So that's, it's applicable to a lot of people. And we do kind of occasionally get members who are um, not makers at all, just because the, the content appeals to them. Awesome. And so you've been going for about five years now, you mentioned there. So what inspired you to start a membership site in the first place? Well, I always kind of say that my membership was an accidental membership because I it Makers Momentum Club started as a free Facebook group that was an add-on to um, a, another product that I sell, which is called the Makers Yearbook. It's a diary and a planner for artists and handmade business owners to set goals and to, you know, kind of manage their working habits throughout the year. And um, in the original version of the Makers Yearbook, every month we had a challenge, like a thing that people could work on to grow their business, whether it was setting up an email list or getting started on social media or whatever it was. We, we had one of those each month. Um, and in the second year, I was kind of like, wouldn't it be great if we could all do this together in a Facebook group? And so that's kind of where it started. And then it almost kind of snowballed from there as people asked for more and um, asked for more content, asked for content that was more um, educational, really, and that was more joined together than what we were offering to start off with. Um, and so we added in, you know, a, a full membership site and educational content um, and live Q&A calls and, and all of that stuff as well. So it's been, I, I, I can't, I, Although I've been a membership owner for five years, I don't feel like I had like a fully fledged membership until probably a year or two ago because I was still just kind of going with what people were asking me for. 
Okay. So I love that this kind of started from kind of people asking for more from you essentially and and that evolution there. But I'm curious to know, it sounds like initially you were doing a lot of this for free as kind of add-ons for the, the, um, the diary, the journal. Um, so did you get any pushback from people when you, you kind of turn that around into, okay, I'm going to start charging for a membership now? Yeah, it's been kind of quite a long process of going from it being completely free and part of the yearbook to being completely separate and paid for completely separate on a subscription. It's been, we didn't go from one to the other in one step, but um, yeah, it's, I would say it's been one of the significant difficulties that I've had, it has been navigating that journey. So what we initially did was to say, okay, it was uh, it was free and part of Maker's Yearbook to start off with when it was only supposed to be a community with very little work and very little input from me. Um, and then um, it became a paid add-on to the yearbook. So you could purchase it as an add-on. Um, and, you know, we kind of, we definitely had some pushback at that point that had to navigate and had to kind of explain. Um, you know, I just handled that really by being upfront about saying it's a, it's becoming an entirely different product than what was offered in the first place. And I'm happy to provide that and I'm excited to provide it, um, but I can't do it for free and I can't do it in the price of the yearbook anymore. So it then became, you know, it became a paid add-on. And then after a while, what we were doing was every year people would buy the Maker's Yearbook in that September to January period when people are buying diaries and they would get the chance to add on Maker's Momentum Club at that point. So essentially we were kind of like a closed membership having to, and, and also a closed membership where there was no automatic renewal. Everybody had to sign up again the next year. And so it was a huge amount of work just dealing with the confusion that went with that. People didn't know whether that when they bought the book, did they have to buy this extra thing or they forgot to buy this extra thing and then they weren't in the membership and then people were confused about what what they got with with what thing and so it just became very difficult to deal with and also people thinking that they'd renewed and they hadn't you know not wanting to deal with renewing and so you know you go through that process where every year you have to resell people on joining the membership again because essentially they they're joining from scratch and that that was really that was the next problem that we encountered. We went from free to paid add-on, and then suddenly we've got this problem with how I've set it up again. So I've made so many mistakes in the way that I've kind of charged for this or the way that I've packaged it. Um, and, and now we've got to the point where Maker's Momentum Club is now finally completely separate from Maker's Yearbook, um, although we do still get queries from people about whether if they buy the book, do they get it? Um, and so, yeah, it's now a completely separate product paid for on monthly and annual subscription. And that is significantly reducing the amount of kind of um, customer service inquiries we get and just the amount of work of explaining the product to people over and over and over again. Awesome. So I really like that you've done that evolution, though, because you can you can see then the different effects that that has. And as you say, the, the non-renewal, um, automatic renewal and things like that, how then having that monthly and annual automatic renewal it can make life so much easier, really. I think I think that you can really, really underestimate the impact that a um, a bad, basically a bad business model can have on your 
growth and also on your life as a person that, you know, you're, you're constantly fighting against things and you've just made it more difficult for yourself than it needs to be. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, that was one of the, one of the bigger reasons for wanting to move to this like, completely open model where we sell all year round was that we, I couldn't help people in the rest of the year because I couldn't um, say to people, look, you know, you've got to buy the Makers. I know it's October and it's last year's book, but you've got to buy the Makers Yearbook if you want to join now. And, you know, it's still totally worth it because it's, you know, it still works out really, really you know, you can't, you can't convince people of that. That's not an easy sell. And so, yeah, I feel so much better about where we are now in terms of um, being able to just um, show people what Makers Momentum Club can do for them and not putting these unnecessary barriers in the way to kind of converting people to join. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it's it's going to be much easier for you moving forward. And so is this and the yearbook a full-time business for you or were you working on other products and services and things as well? When I when I initially started the yearbook and you know Momentum Club as it was then, um, I was working, I had my own business as a fine art photographer as well. So I was actually, you know, somebody who would have been one of our members. Um, and then as time has gone on, I kind of had to make a decision. Was I going to keep Makers Momentum Club small and manageable? And so I could do my photography as a business as well. Or was I going to say, well, I'll keep, I'll keep my photography for myself and I will concentrate on Makers Momentum Club because I was being asked for more all the time from the members. And I, I wanted to give it and I wanted to do more. But I, there came a point where I had to say, I have to choose between these two things. And so now, uh, yeah, Makers Yearbook and Makers Momentum Club is, is my full-time business. And I keep my photography just for myself. So I'd love to know then, and this might be a little bit of an odd question, but you mentioned you've had change, uh, challenges with the business model over the years and getting the, the right fit. For a lot of people, they might have taken that as a sign to just burn it down, stop it completely and move on to something else. So what made you actually persevere and, and keep tweaking that model until you found kind of the perfect fit, so to speak? I mean, I think it was because there was always demand for what I was doing. I, was, I wasn't I was in that position where I was trying to sell something and nobody seemed interested in it. I was, you know, helping people because that's what I was just drawn to do. And people were asking for more and more and more for me. I wanted to provide it. So it felt like solving a problem. And in many cases, a problem I'd made for myself, but it felt like solving a problem rather than fighting a battle against something that wasn't going to be successful. I could see that it, there was a need for it. I could see that I could probably deliver it at a price that our customers at their particular stage of business could afford, but I just wasn't quite getting it right. I wasn't positioning it right. And so I just, for me, it it never, I never felt like giving it up. I just felt like I just needed to work out the right way to position it and the right way to sell it. It never, it never really felt like it wouldn't work. It just felt like it was not working for me personally, if that makes sense. It was going to work as a business, but for me personally, I had to make changes to make it um, just more enjoyable to run. Yeah. And I, I love that you've persevered and done that as well. And, and yeah, the end result's great. So <laughs> definitely worth it in the end. Um, so speaking of that, then we've talked about some challenges there, but 
it's been five years since you started on this journey. So what would you say the actual biggest challenge you've had has been aside from that business model? Um, I actually think the biggest challenge is is right now um, and where things are right now, because I feel like we're, you know, we've so we're two years past the beginning of the pandemic and the world has changed so much. And, you know, I'm teaching a model of online business that kind of depends on being able at open trade around the world. And that is changing and becoming much more difficult. And then, you know, COVID has changed so many things for so many people. And so while I'm facing all of these headwinds in, in my own business with trying to ship makers yearbook around the world and trying to navigate the, you know, hugely increased shipping costs and all of the taxes and import duties and all of the new regulations that have come with Brexit, but that are also coming from countries just wanting to, to tax more on imports. Um, I'm navigating all of that and my members are navigating all of that as well. And I kind of feel like we're in this moment where there's not a, they're, they're looking to me for answers and there's not a good answer to any of those problems and any of those questions. And that's not to say that it won't get easier, but it's not, it's not easy to hear that when you're in a membership and you're looking to somebody to, to kind of help you and, you know, take their experience and translate it into something that can um, make things easier for you. So I think for, this feels like the most challenging time. And when I think about how I'm going to grow my business this year and how I'm going to manage the process of creating and delivering the yearbook, I don't know how it's going to go. And I feel like for my members, they don't know either. And I, there's very little I can say to reassure them. And that's a very difficult position to be in as a membership owner to have to say to people like, I, look, I, I don't really know what the solution is to this. And there isn't really a good one right now. But, um, you know, let's try and do what we can do within these constraints. For me, that feels the most challenging thing that I've experienced since I started. And I guess you've kind of got a double-edged sword there because in some ways having the membership presumably acted as a little bit of a buffer for you whilst there was all the issues with the, the product sales. And at the same time, the fact that you're experiencing this with your members as well, you're trying to figure it out for yourself with your own physical product. Yes, you might not have the answers, but they can see that you're doing it too, as opposed to you're just kind of running the membership. You're not still selling products. You're not actually in the in the trenches with them dealing with the same issues. I would imagine there's kind of a lot, a lot going for that in terms of being able to actually relate to your members. Yeah, I, I do think that um having Maker's Yearbook as a product, even though I'm I'm designing that product and having it made for me, I'm not really a maker in the same way that they are just having that connection to the same type of business issues that they're facing i think really helps in terms of understanding the things that they are they're going through and the things that they're experiencing whether it's just you know customer service just being much more difficult because everybody's so stressed out from covid and and the the pandemic you know so it's whether it's that kind of thing or whether it's just these these shipping issues import duties how do we navigate um, taxes to the EU, you know, how do we deal with all of that stuff? I think the Maker's Yearbook um, helps with that. Um, yeah, I I do think as well that for me, I don't, I actually don't know whether COVID was an insulation from it. I think product sales actually did pretty well um, last 
last year, in so in 2020, early 2021, um, things were still kind of okay. I think it's from you know late 2021 to now where things have got much more challenging. You know, there's some extra changes that have come in because of Brexit. The EU changed their rules on import. You know, just selling products became more difficult at that point. Um, so I think that, yeah, I I can understand what they're going through. And I think that that helps me. But at the same time, it's hard to be having to say the solutions to this just aren't good and they're not easy and then they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't envy you that at all. <laughs> um, so I would love to know then going back to COVID, how did you find that that in itself affected the the membership did you find that it actually led to more people finding you or was there less people because of all the issues with shipping and things like that how did it actually affect you on a on a growth scale i think we had kind of like a, an initial growth in members um and then that tapered off so there's a, i would say an initial growth when people were on furlough and people were anxious about you know, were they still going to have a job? Um, setting up a, a kind of like a, a maker business is something that a lot of people think about when they've got insecurity in a, a nine to five job. It's kind of like, could I, um, or when a nine to five job becomes um, difficult because you're being asked to do a lot of extra work that you, you don't enjoy and you're being kind of pushed on your hours. So when life becomes difficult in your nine to five job, that's when a lot of people think about leaving and setting up a business. So we got a an influx of members at that time. Um, but what we also got, which was very difficult for me to handle, was um, a, a huge increase in engagement with our existing members. And you wouldn't think that that would be a bad thing. That sounds like a really good thing. But at the time I was running the membership entirely by myself. So I was doing all of the admin work, all of the customer service work, um, all of the community management, coaching every day in the community. Um, And it was completely manageable and I didn't see any problem with it. I was completely fine when we had maybe five, 10, 15% of our members really actively engaged and the rest were, um, you know, sat back more and were more consumers of the content rather than people who were interacting with you and and asking for a lot of one-on-one attention. Um, When the pandemic began, that shot up to about 50%. um, And so it was hugely kind of overwhelming for me to suddenly have um, so many extra people coming to me and asking for one-on-one help. It, you know, my model hadn't been set up to kind of cope with that. Um, and I had not thought about it until that point. And so, and we also had obviously at that point, everybody extremely anxious. And a lot of my role at that point was just kind of like, again, soothing people's anxiety and saying like, you know, there's no, there's no good answer to this, but, you know, we're going to do what we can and let's work on some things online that are going to help to protect you a little bit from what's going on. You know, shows were being cancelled and, and all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was the pandemic really, I think for me, changed the way that I wanted to run my business. I thought I was completely fine doing everything myself. I enjoyed doing everything myself. I enjoyed coaching all the time in my membership. But I definitely got really burned out. I would say 
you know, we went through the first wave of the pandemic. I was kind of okay. We went through the second wave. I was kind of okay. But like, you know, 18 months later, I'm definitely feeling all of that extra um, kind of engagement with people that I went through at that point. So since then, I've changed things up a lot. I've, you know, hired a VA who's working kind of quite quite a few hours a month with me now, outsourced my bookkeeping, done a lot of stuff that you spent really the last year putting systems and processes in place so people can actually help me so that I can not be um, the center of everything all the time because it, it really was very, very difficult to handle at that point. So you've got a small team helping you now from the sounds of it to, to take on that work. Yeah, that's right. Just just a couple of people, but I'm hoping to grow even further. I want to bring on um, somebody to help. We've still got things that members are asking for, uh, co-working, um, and I want to bring somebody on to help with that as well and you know, bring on more members of the team to help with uh, marketing to bring people into the membership because you know, all the time that I was spending completely buried in stuff, doing everything myself, I really wasn't doing a good job of putting external marketing in place to draw more people to the membership. I was so focused on serving the members. And then, you know, when the pandemic started, it became overwhelming to serve the members and marketing really got pushed onto the back burner. So, you know, we've been working over the last year on getting um, an evergreen funnel. So at least we've got, we've got a free offering that sets up a welcome, a sequence that directs people towards the membership. That's a big uh, improvement so that at least we've got that um, and working much more on organic marketing as well. Cause that's something where, you know, over the last two years, I've just completely dropped the ball on that. So, a couple of things to touch on there. So you mentioned there with the marketing that you've kind of got this funnel in place now uh, and that's starting to work well. What else have you actually done to to get members over the years? What's worked well for you on that approach? Well, because the yearbook, the, the, sorry, the membership started as this add-on to the yearbook, the, year, the sales of the yearbook have been the primary driver of members into the membership. And even when we separated it off somewhat and we started selling Makers Momentum Club year round, those yearbook buyers were still the primary driver. Um, and that was, I, I mean, that that created problems in and of itself within the membership. So we would have a large number of new people join every year in January. And in January, everybody's kind of full of, full of like new year plans and really kind of uh, big energy. And it would, the community would kind of take off and all of our existing members would get overwhelmed and it, you know, it kind of it caused a lot of it caused a lot of problems. Um, and then again, the way that we were selling the yearbook was through mostly through advertising. So we would get this benefit that we would spend the money on the advertising. We'd get the um, we'd get the sale of the yearbook, and then we would get you know the additional upsell of the membership as well. Um, but organic marketing, having kind of any strategic and organized organic marketing into the membership has been really, really a point of weakness. Um, and, you know, again, it was another situation where I was just like, this is, this is growing, it's expanding, I'm doing all right, I'm not going to worry about it right now. But that's just, you know, it's, it's storing up problems for the future if you don't have those fundamentals in place. So I, I mean, I guess kind of like the last five years has been this process of 
continually trying to backfill the fundamentals that I did not put in when I first got started. I think that's great though, because it shows that you can still kind of start scrappy or accidental, as you mentioned it, and and get up and running and have a successful membership without necessarily having put everything in place perfectly or without having to kind of tick all of the boxes at once, you know? Yes, it might be ideal, but you know, you've got a successful membership despite having that kind of unconventional way of starting it. Yeah. I mean, I I think that like, I'm an example that you can do it wrong. You can do like most things wrong and still be all right. If you are delivering a product that people want um, and you are, if you're, if basically you're giving your members what they want and what they need from you, you can get this stuff wrong and you can fix it. It's like, it's painful. It's not comfortable to go through this. Um, and, you know, you can end up doing a lot of explaining to people who've been members for four years that suddenly everything's different now. But um, I think, you know, you definitely can do it. And so you don't have to get everything right from the start. So I'd love to talk a little about retention then, because you've mentioned a couple of times about kind of keeping members happy and members asking for things. And so I'd love to know, how are you keeping members happy? What are you doing to keep them coming back month after month? Um, I, I think that the thing that I've worked the hardest on for retention is the is the community. Um, so we have a Facebook group for our community and um, I've been, I've run that in a way that I'm not sure every everybody would do. I've been really kind of militant about the the atmosphere and the vibe in the community in a way that's probably in some ways slightly hindered engagement. There are a lot of, for, uh, for makers and artists, there are a lot of free Facebook groups. And that's the kind of thing that in some ways I feel that we are competing against when people come and join our community. And those groups tend to be um, not very focused, a lot of complaining, um, a lot of um, only coming to the group when you've got um, anxiety about things, a lot of organizing members into things like Instagram pods. There's a a lot of activity, but not activity that gets you towards um, making money from the things that you make, which is what we are absolutely focused on. I want people to be making money so that they can, you know, have options and have opportunities from the things that they create. And so I want the community to be all about action and about taking action and always to be constructive. And so that is, um, I've worked really, really hard on that to create that vibe. And I think when we were smaller, it was difficult because it definitely did hinder engagement. People were a little bit unsure about what they could post and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. And we seemed to have so many rules. People would sometimes complain about that, that, you know, I don't know what I can post and why is it like this? Um, But I knew that it was powerful to have a group of people together working towards the same thing, but that that power could be diverted towards things that weren't as constructive if I wasn't really, really careful. And so I've worked really, really hard on the community. And I think now after several years, I mean, obviously I'm better at managing it and handling those situations as well, but also um, our members are re- it's just a lovely community and people are so helpful and supportive of each other. And a lot of members are doing the work of pointing other members towards content that ordinarily I would be doing. So um, 
And I think that has created this space that is, um, you know, the, the content is useful and the content makes sure that everybody understands what they're supposed to be working on and what things need improving in their business. But the kind of like the cheering on that they get from other members and seeing other members' achievements, like I just think that that, that keeps people happy and that keeps people maybe taking action in a way that they um, they wouldn't necessarily do if they were just consuming the content. Awesome. And you mentioned the engagement boost that you got kind of with COVID and things in the, the members community. Is that something that you've seen stick around or is that then tapered off again? No, it definitely tapered off. Um, you know, it it felt in many ways very similar to the, the, the like the January engagement boost that we would get every year when the new Makers Yearbook members joined. That it was um, there was there was a lot of people there who were full of the like the I, I just want to say that that kind of like contagious energy of the time that in January is all about optimism and at that point was all about anxiety and so it, I think that you know that that energy doesn't last and so people would do a few things and take some action. But I think the members that we have that um, are really engaged in the community now are people who've been building over years, who are just steadily going through the the content that we've got, just every month doing a little bit of something extra, and then they're just starting to see the results. And then those people become the biggest advocates in your community for um, continuing to, to stick around and actually encouraging other people to consume the content as well. Yeah. Happy members are your best marketing asset. Yes. <laughs> um, so I would love to know then, you mentioned there about content. Are you actually still producing new content month after month or is there kind of a base library that people go to? So we have, um, I produce new content. So our content is still called a challenge. It used to be in the yearbook that we had a challenge every month and we still call those, I guess they're more like mini courses now, but we call them challenges. Um, And I put out a new one of those every other month. When I started, it used to be every month. And that was a little bit, it was overwhelming for me. And it was, I think it was also overwhelming for members. Um, So now I do a new one every other month. And on the in-between months, we recap a previous one. I've also got a big kind of like foundation course for people in the first year of running their business that takes them through everything they need to get in place in the first year. So that's a big kind of like 48 weeks of lessons to help you just do the things you need to do in the first year. So there's a lot of content in there um, and I am still adding more, but at a slower pace than I was at the beginning. But I think that, you know, one of the things that's a big um, aim for me in the future is to add in more stuff that will encourage people to um consume the content or take the actions from the content in a simpler, easier way. So, you know, I love that in Membership Academy, the the new kind of like member missions that you've got. And also there was um, there was kind of like a checklist of things that you could go through for achieving certain outcomes. I love that kind of stuff. And I think that's really um, for our members, you know, overwhelm is a, is a big thing. There's a lot of stuff that they have to do. There's a lot of stuff that they have to put in place. And, you know, I don't want the content to become one more overwhelming thing that they have to do. So finding ways to engage them with the kind of like the high level stuff and getting them to just take the actions from the content, um, I think is a, that's a, 
a big goal for me going forward. Yeah, I like that idea. It's uh, I think that's the perpetual challenge as you're adding content is how do you make it really easy for people to consume still? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So I would love to know then overall, what impact would you say having the membership has had on your life and business? Um, I, I absolutely love running my membership. Like I never intended to do this. And I think, you know, one of the challenges for me at the beginning was impost- was a lot of imposter syndrome about like, I, I just, like I just made a book and put a Facebook group with it. And now people are asking me what to do about things. And I, you know, I'm not sure I'm the person to tell them. Um, I had a lot of that at the beginning. Um, but once I realized that I could make a genuine difference to people, um, it's been very, very easy for me to, to carry on and actually even occasionally become obsessed with it. Um, I just absolutely love what I do. And all the, you know, through the pandemic and through the business model changes, there are times when it's definitely had a negative impact on my, my life, but the actual being with my members and with helping them has only ever had a, a positive impact on me. I absolutely love um, love doing it. I think that you know one of the things that came up during COVID was that there was so many of our members were not eligible for um, government assistance because they weren't making enough profit to get it. And I was like, okay, so this is like this is going to be a mission for me now for the next few years to put a stop to that and to make sure that people who are creating these kinds of products, because these are the same products that department stores and, and retailers have been selling and making profits on for decades. But the people who create them um, and the people who create them and then try to turn them into products themselves are not making any money and are not getting paid. And you know that's not right. And I want to make sure that I can help to change that. Um, and so it it's had a it's had a hugely positive impact on my life um, doing this, and I get a huge amount of fulfillment out of being able to watch people go through that journey of um, starting out and not feeling like they can do it, and then just putting a few things in place and seeing actually it's it's not as difficult as you think it's going to be, um, and so much of what is stopping you from being where you want to be is about confidence and about mindset and about being able to just ask for what you need from the people who buy from you. I love that. And yeah, I think something that I just popped into my head there is, is the membership actually mainly UK based because of the kind of things that you're teaching or is it international? It's about, it's about 50% UK um, and then 50% from the rest of the world, predominantly the US, but also some in Australia. Australia is difficult because, you know, with the time difference from the UK, it's difficult for people in Australia to be able to be on the calls, the live calls for Q&A. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably about half UK. But I think that we, you know, we don't teach any um, legislation, no taxes, none of that stuff. You know, I'm not qualified to teach that. And also um, it's just so different for all of our members. So we really stick to the fundamentals of business, which are pretty much universal wherever you are in the world. Um, and all the mindset stuff and the the kind of like working habits that we teach that everybody suffers from that. You know, people who are not makers, every small business owner suffers from those kinds of things. So I think that um, 
you, there's no reason why we can't have a more international audience um, and, and grow that side of it. So as we wrap up then, I would love to know what your one tip would be to any listeners who are thinking of starting a membership or maybe they've just launched their membership. What's one piece of advice you would give them? Um, I think that you um, don't get into it if you don't love it because it's, I, I know that I've been in communities with other membership owners where they don't want to be really involved in their membership. It's a part of their business, but they just want it to run and provide that recurring income without actually being involved in it. You know, I um, I took a course for uh, community managers where essentially we were kind of told that, you know, you don't, you shouldn't really be running your own community. And I was like, no, I would hate that. Like, I, I want to be there. I want to be talking to people. I want to be knowing about what they're doing. I want to be helping them. It, it would be the worst thing for me to just have this thing running alongside in my name um, with people just paying every month and I'm not engaged with it. I think that you, um, you have to, you have to love it. You have to want to really help those people and be with those people. Um, but at the same time, you do have to keep a something of a boundary for your own kind of well-being as well. But yeah, I think don't um don't start it thinking that it will be simple and easy because it's definitely not, but it really does bring those rewards if you are into it and it, you know, it kind of it, it lights you up to do it. Yeah, I think that's the key there. It has to light you up. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to fizzle out eventually or you'll end up hating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think you just end up not wanting to do it and not wanting to deal with it. And, it, you know, because there is a there's a lot of administration, not only of the um, the member accounts and, and all of that. You know, there's a lot of administration that goes with the back end of it. There's a lot of administration that goes with the content side of it. And, you know, you can you can hire people to do those things, but it it there's cost involved with it. And if you're the figurehead of your membership as well, people will always come to you with questions and will always want support and contact from you. Um, and if you're not into that, it's going to be an uncomfortable process to keep pushing back on that. So one final question then, and that is, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would love to talk about when it comes to your membership or your membership journey? Um, I mean, I think we've covered a lot. I've talked a lot, so I'm, I'm <laughs> not sure. There's, I'm not sure there's a lot that I, I haven't covered. Um, but yeah, I just, I've, I've really, really enjoyed my membership journey so far. I feel like this is the hardest point. This is the toughest it's ever been, um, just because of the, you know, the burnout that I experienced during COVID and the difficulty that, you know, I think you you always underestimate how long it's going to take you to make foundational changes in the way that you run your business. So even just like taking on a, a VA, if you've never done that before, that it it took me a year to get the processes in place for that and to get, you know, my VA was working and up to speed before that, but if she'd left, nobody else would have been able to do it. And so it just, I think it's been, the last couple of years have been have been tough. And then now there's these challenges out in the world as well that weren't there before, but I have enjoyed the journey so much so far. Um, and, and I'm just kind of like, I'm excited to keep growing it. 
Awesome. I'm excited to see how you continue to grow it as well. So, um, Thank you so much for joining me today, Nicola. I, as I said, I'm really excited to see what the, the next year, the next two years, the next five years have in store for the Makers Momentum Club. And if anybody listening wants to check out the site and the Makers Yearbook, the Momentum Club, it's at makersbusinesstoolkit.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So all that's left for me to say right now is thank you again so much for sharing your journey with us, Nicola. It's been my pleasure. Big, big thanks again to Nicola Taylor from the Mako's Momentum Club for sharing her journey with me on today's episode. Yeah, that was a great conversation. I oh, I mean, I always love hearing the, the stories from proper membership owners, people who have done it and are still doing it. And the the passion comes out and just, there's always something new to learn. I I found it so interesting with Nicola, the way that the pandemic and, you know, obviously a lot of these behind the membership stories right now, we're seeing the effects that COVID has had on people in the membership industry. But it was really interesting how engagement was was one of the main things that changed in Nicola's community and it skyrocketed which means obviously you know her members saw that community as somewhere they could get the connection and the support that was being cut off by the pandemic so that's fantastic and it's great and it's amazing and we'd all love more uh, engagement in the community but I like that Nicola shared the other side of the coin because you know it's not all it's not all rosy when you you get what you want and you get that extra community. Yeah, definitely. And I think whilst Nicola is obviously very happy to give that support to her members, realizing that as a one-man band at the time, you know, that does add a lot of extra work, a lot of extra pressure, a lot of extra stress to be that support, solo support network, essentially, for a huge chunk of your membership. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we all we always say we'd love more members. We love more engagement in our community. We want more people to do more of the things we're asking them. But sometimes when you get what you hope for, you don't actually realize that it comes with additional work. It comes with additional logistical challenges. And, you know, the fact that Nicola has been able to navigate that and have the Makers Momentum Club community somewhere that can play that valuable role for her members during such a difficult time is fantastic. So all credit to Nicola. Yeah, definitely. All right. Hopefully you have enjoyed today's episode. I can't see how you couldn't. Once again, if you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Geeks podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Membership Geeks podcast, we invite you to check out membershipacademy.com. Membership Academy is the original membership about memberships, and it's the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a successful online membership business. Whether you're still trying to figure out what your idea is going to be and you need some help making it a reality, or whether your website is already up and running and you're looking for ways to grow and attract new members, then Membership Academy can help you to get to the next level. Not only do you get access to our step-by-step membership roadmap, our extensive training library, and exclusive member-only discount and tools, you'll also become part of our supportive, active community of membership owners that will help you along the way in your journey with feedback, encouragement, and advice. 
All of this and more make Membership Academy the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage, and grow a successful membership business. Check it out and join the community at membershipacademy.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Membership Geeks podcast, we invite you to check out membershipacademy.com. Membership Academy is the original membership about memberships, and it's the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a successful online membership business. Whether you're still trying to figure out what your idea is going to be and you need some help making it a reality, or whether your website is already up and running and you're looking for ways to grow and attract new members, then Membership Academy can help you to get to the next level. Not only do you get access to our step-by-step membership roadmap, our extensive training library and exclusive member-only discount and tools, you'll also become part of our supportive active community of membership owners that will help you along the way in your journey with feedback, encouragement, and advice. All of this and more make Membership Academy the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage, and grow a successful membership business. Check it out and join the community at membershipacademy.com.